Welcome to Monday Morning Homilist. I'm Father Manny Alvarez. And I'm Jorge Santibanez. Every Monday morning, we dive deeper into the previous Sunday's readings and homilies. And towards the end, we veer off to talk about life and definitely talk a little sports. Enjoy. Good morning. Happy Monday, Father. Hey, what's up? Can you believe we're at the last week of October? October's taking forever. I, 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 it's flying for me. Really? I mean, I've been, been pretty busy. It's taking when forever. I put in next week is whole, All Saints Day, I was like, oh, my, yeah, talk, wow, that's yeah, we, crazy. We just talked about that. It's like, <laughs> no, it, it does sound crazy because we're already in November, but it, it's a great month. You know, we start off with Respect Life Month, and then, you know, it, it's um, and then the yesterday World Mission Sunday. It's it's a it's a beautiful month and and a lot of saints during the month you had you it's know three weeks a, ago you had jam packed all star lineup you had Therese you had Teresa Avila you had John Paul II this past Saturday I mean it's just a wonderful wonderful month of saints but yes it's almost over and then we hit November and Advent and oh, it's Christmas not, and stop. and so it's just, just New Year no, before you no blink hear, and it's New Year's no one wants to hear about Christmas right now uh, well I'm just it it's coming people out. I know but it's coming. <laughs> So what's up, Father? Not much. How, how was your weekend? It was good. Yeah. How was your week? I mean, you you, was, you were all over the place. Uh, I love my wife. She's, down, no she's downstairs. She's literally, she can hear, she can probably hear us. She's literally right downstairs. Speak, speak like in your NPR voice. But I mean, it's, it's fun. It's fun because there's no two days that are ever going to be exactly the same. And, That's marriage. And we're all over the place and doing good work. That is marriage. I finally made it to a Panthers game. It's been a while. There you go. We'll talk about that in the second That's segment. That's right. <laughs> but yes, yesterday was World Mission Sunday. And we had we, we had packed. It was a packed week in the parish. We had an emancipation retreat going on. We had... Transformed uh, in Love. Transformed marriage, in Love. Pre-marriage retreat. We had 48 couples. We hosted 48, 50 couples in, in Cumber Hall that were are preparing for marriage. That was also uh, a lot of fun to host them. Thank, thank you for all the food they left over. Yeah. Um, but... Um, it was it was a wonderful weekend, but as, as a priest, it was like you know my head was spinning all weekend because it was like okay, you have to go here, you have to go there, uh, between the weddings, the baptisms that, that are us- the usual, but then add the retreats on top of that, confessions, you know, masses for them. It was, but it's what you live for. When I find, I mean, my weekend kind of, sort of, maybe finished around, uh, maybe around three o'clock yesterday, but then you know five thirty mass. I, even though Father Andrew had, I went to see the the men and then. The dolphin game ended at almost midnight last night, so yep. so it was like, I mean, I should be asleep. But here's what happened after after I went and had lunch with the uh, with the transformed and love people. Uh, you know, I had about maybe an hour before I had to celebrate mass for them. This was yesterday afternoon, and and I went over, and it was right around the one o'clock kickoffs, and you know, and I turned on Red Zone, and Scott Hansen's, you know, seven hours of commercially free football start now, and my head went, <laughs> and they just started. <laughs> Thankfully, my watch alerted me that I had to be in church in 15 minutes uh, for the Mass because I, I took a 30-minute power nap. And, yeah. and thankfully, it lasted me the rest of the day because I was wiped. But that's for a priest, that's like the best feeling because you know that you're doing the, the will of God, you're doing the work of God, and you're impacting the lives of people. Yep. Whereas, you know, there are, I mean, there are days that you, there are slow days and you're still happy that you, you did stuff, but when, you, when you're like back-to-back-to-back, and you go to bed tired, you're like, yeah, it's a today good, was a good, good day. Yep. It's a good kind of tired. 
And 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 I'm I'm glad we mentioned that because that first the first time I ever heard that as I segue into World Mission Sunday, the first time I heard that phrase is a good kind of tired was what was when I was on missions. Every night we would get together and we were exhausted. So just really what I want to talk about today, which is missions. I don't I don't think we've talked about that in depth. At least my missionary experience when I was when I was a teenager, because when when you go on missions, you know first of all you're sent to go do what the church has always done from the mm-hmm. very beginning. You go back to Jesus appearing to Mary after the resurrection. Go tell mm-hmm. my disciples, and boom, we're off a mission. But even go before that. When Jesus sent out the 72, yep. you know, two by two, go out, preach the kingdom of God. So it goes back to that. Yeah, I mean, even, even as healings, it's, it, yeah. go, go, and your, your faith has saved you. Go exactly. back and tell the priest. Go. Yeah. It's always go. There is always a go dimension yep. to, to Catholicism. But there's something particular about missionary work. Whether it's, you know, you, know, you look at Blue Missions, which is very popular right now, and and they met with me really right before the pandemic. We're going to do stuff with them, and, and that fell through because of the pandemic. And, we, and I, I want to reopen that relationship. But um, I have a lot of, uh, of, of parishioners and, and former students that are doing that with Lourdes and with Columbus and Belen. Belen has their own mission, and they go right. and they build aqueducts and, and things in Santo Domingo. Mine, uh, in, in Dominican Republic, mine was basically evangelization, helping you know a pastor in, in Tabasco in southern Mexico who is you know is a pastor of a parish in a town, and that town is surrounded. I even can't even call it a city. Yep. That town's surrounded by fifty nine little villages, and each one has a chapel. And so he can make me. And I said it yesterday. He may make it out to these villages once every three months. And so when the missionaries come, you know, we come with two, three priests. And I went there even before I was a seminarian. So we would go there, and we'd spend two and a half weeks in whatever mission, whatever village he thinks. Okay, they need to. You know, they need nourishment, mm-hmm. but with spiritual nourishment. So we went with the catechesis. We prepared that catechesis before to bring to them. And it was very basic, very basic, you know, uh, catechesis. And then my, my first few years, we, were, we didn't have a priest with us. We had to do a little do the word every night. And and my last year, thankfully, there was a priest with us where we get, got to have Eucharist every night. But even when the priest wasn't there, they would come to hear the missionaries, right. to hear him speak. Now... Here's how God's sense of humor works. I'm thinking, I'm 15 years old, being sent on missions. I'm going to go out there, I'm going to proclaim the word of God. I get to the missions and say, Manny, you're taking care of the kids yeah. while the mission's going on. I'm like, what with, you know, with, with this girl? And I'm like, what? I came all this way and... To babysit. To babysit, yes. <laughs> and, you know, we, we were kind of doing a diluted version of the mission for the, for the, or a childlike version for the kids. You know, love God, love each other. Mm-hmm. And, but... It wasn't so much that. It was the experience of being amongst the poor and what I spoke yesterday in the homily of experiencing the faith of the poor, which goes to yesterday's, you know, first reading and and gospel. You know, the prayer of the lowly pierces the clouds from the book of Sirach. Uh, It's that whole experience. And then, you know, the daily routine, I'll get to that in a second, the daily routine, where you get to the end of the day and it's, wow, it's a good kind of tired. Yeah. I did. I did a summer mission in Virginia, with the with the migrant minister uh, with the migrant ministry mm-hmm. when I was in seminary, and I think we 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 have a tendency to kind of glorify mission work because of the good, but but I think we also need to recognize it's hard. It's hard work. It is. And and 
But when we, we, were, like, we were both young. We didn't know any better. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, I mean, I, I don't want to say it scared me away from the priesthood, but it, it, it I'm being honest, it, it was the first time that I really started to think, like, is this really what I want to do? Or what, and, and, and more important, is this really where God is calling me to be? Because, and this was Virginia. This was not. Was this summer before you left? No, I stayed, I stayed a yeah. full. Yeah. And, and that was part of my vocational discernment. I said, you know what? I, I don't want to make a decision just based on this one summer experience. Mm-hmm. So let me give it a full year, you know, to see, to, to kind of work through this with my spiritual director and, and take it to prayer and whatnot. Um, so I was very intentional about coming back from that experience and, and really taking the time to process it. Uh, but this was Virginia. This was not a foreign country. But this it, is this is migrant camps. It was migrant camp. Yeah. But I mean, I could have, I had a, re- I could have rented a car and and I did rent a car and, and drove up to Washington D.C. Yeah. for the Fourth of July. So I, you know, it, it was not close, but I was still connected. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't totally, you know, out there. Um, but I had, I was living with the priest, who had three different communities about an hour away from each other, and it was kind of right in the middle of the triangle. Um, and we'd go out to the other parishes maybe once or twice a week, um, you know, to, to celebrate Mass over there, take communion, uh, not me, but for him to listen to confessions, you know, to visit these people, just be among them. But when he did that, he would often leave me behind at the main church to be with the with the people there. And it was incredibly lonely. You know, during, mm. during the day... You know, yes, you're with the people, and and you're, you know, you're speaking with them, getting to know their stories and whatnot. But once the sun sets, farmers go home; they go to sleep because they got an early morning, and I'm by myself in the house. You know, so, you know, the, again, the the temptation is to glorify mission work, and it is phenomenal work and and work that needs to be done and work that should be experienced. But I say by everyone, yes. I, I, everyone should go on mission at least once, and because it's so powerful, but it's hard work. And back then we would send you to Virginia because, you know, without, you know, the added expense of sending you to a foreign country yep. and you had the amenities of America. Yep. But still, I never physically went there, but we had been sending guys, that was 2004, 2005 that you went there. Uh, we had been sending guys since, I want to say, the late 80s, early 90s yep. from the vocations office to Virginia, and they all had great experiences. Yep. See, I had the opposite effect because for me, it's what really... Put that seed, I mean, I, I said it yesterday, the seed obviously comes mm-hmm. from your family, but started to germinate a little bit there on missions when you saw, okay, wow, there's only one priest for all these people, yeah. and you see the hunger Absolutely. that these people have for God. And the way, and, and this is what was remarkable, okay, I was 50, when three successive, three successive summers, say that faster, <laughs> and I was 15, 16, and 17, uh, the summers after my sophomore, wait, no, my, my sophomore, junior, and senior year, yes. So we would go there, and we would be treated like angels, and it was like, whoa. Yeah. I mean, who are we? Why are they? Because we're bringing the word of God. The gospel this morning, because it is, is, is the missionary, San Antonio Maria Claret, who was a Spanish priest that came to Cuba and was the Archbishop of Santiago. The, the reading was from Isaiah, how beautiful he, how beautiful upon the mountains, he who brings the feet of him who brings good news. See, they were living that. They were, they were, Walk him in. So whenever they would bring us food, you know, it was food that they were taking from their children's mouths. And we were like, and we and you couldn't say no because oh, it would no, be insulting. It's, it's insulting yep. to them. And they would bring this this corn-based like tortilla type thing, which was a little it was hard uh, shelled, but it was called totopote. And we would eat that pretty much eat that every night. And they would bring it fresh. 
And I don't remember if I liked it or not because it was 30 <laughs> years ago. There were some things I liked and there's some things I were like, you know, because I'm a very picky eater. But everything, I remember even being a picky eater says, this is coming from the from the mouths of the poor, yeah. from the hands of the poor. And the, what, the last year we were there, the priest would tell us, um, this food that they're bringing you, treat it like the body of Christ mm -hmm. because it's coming from the hands of the poor. You know, this this, this was so remarkable. So to, to walk you through, you know, I said, why were a good kind of tired at the end of the day? Let me walk you through, you know, a day in the life of the missionary there in Mexico. You know, we'd get there, you know, we'd have to take all the supplies, bing pam pums, you know, little cots, you know. Bing uh, pam there yeah, it is. You, you like that? <laughs> you know, you know, little little fold-away cots that we would take. And, you know, now I don't know how, because you're 50, like I said, you're 15 years old, 60, you, you don't know any better. Yep. You're thinking it's a great camp out. So the church was basically four walls and a tin roof. And on the, I said it inside. I said this in the homily yesterday, on the side there was a little Blessed Sacrament Chapel, very tiny, that people would, it was open, the door was open on the side, people would come on their horses, stop before they went to the, the fields, and do their prayer. Now, in the back of the church, it was like, I mean, like a, it wasn't even a sacristy, but there was like this room, and there was this long room in the back of the church, that, that's where the men would sleep, and then there was a little house near the church, maybe mm. 50 yards from the church, where the women would sleep. And then there was literally an outhouse, and... Uh, that's where we showered and, and, and used facilities, and everything was well-based. You know, there was a well, and it was cold water. And so we would wake up every morning, I'd say around 7, 6.30, 7 a.m. You know, because the thing is, we couldn't wake up later. That's insulting to the, oh, to the yeah. people, because they, they'd wake up early. So we'd, I, I forget what time we'd wake up. We'd wake up early. We'd, do, you know, get ready. We'd do our prayers to get. We'd do prayers together. Uh, we'd have breakfast, and then we'd go out. Like around nine o'clock, we'd set out to visit the people. And now, the village that I really can't be described a village. You think a village, you think of all these houses together. No, it was basically farms, little huts and farms spread out over maybe a five or seven square mile radius around that little church. And you'd have to go there. And I explained yesterday that sometimes you'd have to go through mud, mm -hmm. and you'd have to go through barbed wire fence that separated property lines. And those, and sometimes those wires wouldn't bend, and you couldn't get through, and you'd scratch your shirt or your pants and scratch your back. And and it was and, and then you start thinking, wait, these people are coming to church tonight, and they'd be walking back sometimes without a flashlight yep. and doing this at night. Yep. And maybe there's no moon, maybe in the stars. I mean, they were always out at night. And it was just like if you could reach out and grab the stars, that's how beautiful it was out there. So that was like from 9 to 12, we'd go out to visit these people, and we'd walk, and you'd sit down with them, and they were so honored to have you in their homes, and just talk and say, we come on behalf of the pastor of, of the parish, you know, where the mission is here, come to the mission. And you know, it's like evangel evangelization 101, and they were so happy, and they'd talk to you, they'd offer you something to drink. Again, you'd have to take, you know, mm -hmm. even if it was like, there was, oh, there was this milky substance. It reminds me of the milky substance that they drank in Star Wars. Can't believe I just made that comparison, <laughs> but and it was just god awful. It was, but you drank it. Yep, you drank it, and 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 don't make a face, and don't make a face. Absolutely. So at twelve o'clock, you, you you start heading back. You know, lunch around one o'clock. Obviously, you're Mexico, so siesta is part of the deal. And we had hammocks there. We that part I like. No. Oh, that part is <laughs> that part is amazing. And then you had to, you know, bathe. I mean, when I say shower, I say that you're taking you know, a bucket from the well. Right. Now, I 
started that was so cold. I started putting that bucket when I got home from the visit. I put that bucket out for the sun for it to warm up because, and you take a little mug to mm. throw the water on you. That's how you. That's how you quote unquote showered. So you have to be totally clean for for when the people showed up for their for the catechesis and for mass because they would wear their Sunday best every single day that they would go to church. And then from I tell you from five o'clock people started coming. So from six to eight catechesis and mass. Nine o'clock people would leave. Sometimes they'd stay behind and talk to us. Then by nine o'clock you're wiped and we're doing you know we'd sit down and pray, and that's where we would say we're tired, but it's a good kind of tired because we just spent the day preaching the word of God. Even for me, it was just dealing with the kids who yep. I love. And now thinking back, I look, well, these kids probably have kids of their own. They're, they're the youngest who are two, three years old. They're now in their mid thirties. It was 1991 when I first started going. So it is a beautiful type of work when you interact with the poor because you see their faith because all the only person they can rely on is God. They have nothing material to rely on. They were, you know, their crops, whatever, however poor their crops is, however little parcel of land they have, it, you know, we would walk into some homes and, you know, it was dirt floor, you know, maybe some sticks made up the walls and, and, and yes, some metal sheets for a roof. And it was, and you had an entire family living in those four walls, no, no separation. And you had maybe six or seven people living there and you see hammocks hanging mm -hmm. around, but every house had a little altar. On That's the beautiful. side. That's beautiful. I mean, they had, you know, their, their Virgin Guadalupe, their mm -hmm. little crucifix, any little stamp. So you gave them a stamp. Right. You know, you gave them a rosary. I was like, oh. And you know, for me, that was the most powerful thing for me. Because when I look back on that experience, and what you just described is nothing like what I had. Yeah. I had I was living, li literally living in a house with plumbing and, yeah, yeah. and TV. Oh, and, man, I missed a good shower. You know, I, I still remember watching uh, uh, baseball. You know, in in the evenings because everyone had gone to sleep and I'm I'm literally living in this house by myself because the priests had gone to the other village so I'm just there and watching baseball, you know, so I had it I had it good, um, but what's so powerful is when I look back on that experience, it was those simple things, like I I literally look back on that time and I said what did I really do, and I didn't do much, just showing up. Ministry of presence. Just showing up made a. a world of a difference for these people and, and um i still remember one as i was finishing that assignment one of the families came up uh and they said to me because i would i would be serving the altar with the priest and they came up to me and they were they said you know we were we've been blown away by just watching how prayerful you are during mass and i'm going like what <laughs> i'm just i'm up there serving I don't even think you're paying the time off to the side. They notice everything. But they notice everything. And just that those three, those two, uh, it was like a month and a half, two months, maybe not even that much, you know, that I spent with them, you know, just going, going to their homes in the evening to visit, just to hear how was your day. You know, if, if I was lucky, the priest was with me and, and brought communion, you know, but if not, I was, I was just out there with one of the other Leaders just going around to see, you know, how's everything going? You know, are you being treated well? Do you need help? Do you need clothing? Do you need, you know, what can we help you with? You know, and just giving them the opportunity to speak and be heard you know, and know that you know, they're, they're speaking to a representative of the church, you know, that blew me away. And this is how blessed the poor are. Why do they notice all these things? Here's why. 
when you have no material attachment, yep. because they can't, they're poor. When you have no material attachment, you are open to all the spiritual blessings mm-hmm. God has in store for you. You notice these blessings. You notice and feel a sense of reward because a priest came to visit you or a seminarian came to visit you or a missionary came to visit you. You realize, wow, how blessed am I that, and you're thinking, oh, it's, it's no big deal. Yep. You know, but because we have all these material possessions around us, but when you are detached from that, when you have no attachments, yep. you are cognizant of God's work in your life. How blessed are, you know, so these people, how blessed are we, you know, that the missionaries are coming. They would be waiting for us for yep. weeks. And when we come back the following year, you know, so it's like I've, I've had many attempts to go back and every single one has been thwarted yep. either by ministry or, you know, I was going to go back in 2020 and COVID derailed that. But every time I've gone, you know, and I remember that the priest that went with us, Father Oscar Alonso, who passed away about five years ago, you know, he would continue, he continued going up and pretty much until the time of his death. And he would tell me, you know, I'm a priest already, and it had been 10 years since I had gone. He'd say, you know, Father, he still remember you. And I was a 15-year-old, wow. you know, snot-nosed know-it-all, you know, instead of a 47-year-old not snot-nosed know-it-all. You know, but <laughs> it's like, how do they remember? Because you, you don't understand the impact you make on people's lives, especially the poor. Because all you have to do is bring them the message of Jesus Christ. Oh, yeah. And they're like, how, how blessed are we? So when a priest comes, I say every three months, because like, my last year since we had a priest with us and I was about to enter seminary, I went with him to different villages. It, was, it got to see more of the 59 villages mm-hmm. that surrounded this town. And wherever we would go, we'd not have to wait for him because he'd have to hear confessions. Right. You know, and I'd talk to the people and... You know, and they asked me where, where I was from, and they, and they were very curious. They would want to know, where's the missionary from? You know, also, you know, because these are indigenous people in, in southern Mexico. If, if we if we took a blonde with us, whether it be male or female, they were like, oh, blonde, <laughs> you know? And my sister went one time, and she's blonde, and, and they were like, la chela. You know, here comes la chela, mm-hmm. you know? And, and so, but when you when you encounter them and you talk to them, they're, they're, they're fascinated by who you are, and, you know, and and the odd things that we do, because we are, we, you know, just our routine, they, they see us washing clothes and obviously it's by hand and like, these people are doing it wrong. Yeah. They see us draw water <laughs> for the world. These people are dumb, they're doing it wrong. Doing it wrong. Riding right. a horse, you know, riding it wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, because they're, you know, we're so Americanized that we, you know, and, and living in first world that we don't, they do things differently because everything is God-based. For sure. And... It's just so incredible, but what, yes, but you take for granted the things that you have, light switch, oh yeah, a shower, absolutely, you know, absolutely. Forget about you know we're talking about hot but showers it, earlier. It's even yeah, a cold the, shower, the, I would have taken it. You know, I, I always say it's it's important that everyone have a missionary experience because you think you're going there to share something, oh no, and and to and to teach, and I learned more in that in that month and a half about myself about my vocation despite all the, the craziness that ensued after that with with the doubts and the and the worries and but I learned I learned more from them in those however many weeks it was than I did in the 3 years of seminary formation no offense to St. John Vianney they gave me a great education but I learned more about living faith in the, in those few weeks over the summer than I did 
day in and day out in a seminary community. Yeah. You know, I went in thinking, you know, yeah, the the prideful young younger me, you know, I'm gonna go save the save the world, right? Yeah. This is what this is what we think when we go on mission, and and they too. saved and they saved me, it, and it it was very humbling. And we would say that every year when we would when we were getting ready for mission, we were we would reflect on how much that actually we reflect on that. and go, are we being selfish? Yeah. And th- th- we I remember we, we we pondered this one day that we were we were on retreat, and I go, are we being selfish because we're going there because we know we're going to receive infinitely more than what we're going to give, and. You know that that's God using our vanity to to his to his to his uh, advantage, you know. Because yes, you went down there, and yes, you were so filled with these experiences, and this leads us into yesterday's readings, yep. where the prayer of the lowly pierces the clouds mm-hmm. from the book of Sirach. You know, you see the faith of these people that they walk through. You know, for some one, two, some maybe three miles through hard terrain, mountains. You know, if it was raining, mud, mm-hmm. and in the dark when they were going back from church, just to come. And even if, you know, even if the priest wasn't there to celebrate Mass, the Blessed Sacrament was there. You know, the Word of God was there. Missionaries were there. And they would go in there with grateful hearts. And it's not and, like... And joy. And, oh, incredible joy. And joy, despite all the poverty, the, the joy. Yes. What, what really stood out for me. Now... Joy over there is different from the joy we experience here. Because you, th- you think joy, you think you're seeing smiles. But they're very humble people mm-hmm. and have incredible poker faces. You wouldn't know them if they were mad, if they were joyful, <laughs> because they had the same face. So, you know, when you would see a smile, you would see it from the children more. Right. But the older, older generation, you know, for them to crack, mind you, this is 1990s Mexico. So uh, older generation were still... May, you know, probably living lived the big, you know, when they were young, lived the griteros and the, and the and persecution of Catholics. So they appreciated their faith all the more, you know. And by the way, we were still going before uh, Vatican and and the Vatican and Mexico reestablished relations. So we, you know, priests couldn't dress in clerics. Right. We had crosses around our our necks, wooden crosses around our necks, you know, small little mm-hmm. four inch cross, and we'd have to cover when we crossed the state line. And when you cross state line, you think you're traveling to another country because there are guys with machine guns there, wow. you know, when you cross state lines. And people were just joy- joyful that they were there. But like I said, it's a different kind of joy. It's the joy of, you know, may, we you may not see it tangibly, but you see them pray. You know, Power. you you see oh. the children going up to the elders. Of the, the elders would sit up front near the altar, the elders of the, of the mm-hmm. village. And the children... May not be related, maybe, you know, a lot of them were related, but may not be related, maybe related. They would come to the elders, so the elders would bless them. And they would come, I remember the 15 years old, someone came up to, a little kid came up to me. And and I said, hello, como estas? And the kid had head bowed in front of me. Oh, wow. And I'm looking around <laughs> me, you know, what does this kid want? What is it? And then finally, one of the other missionaries who was a veteran said, Man, he, he wants you to bless him. I'm, like, I'm not a priest. I would just bless him as a blessing from a missionary, yeah. you know. But it was wow. that's why it was so humbling. And so when you saw them pray, you know, you were like wowed by their prayer life because you you think of I'm thinking of the farmers that would go to the Blessed Sacrament on horseback, 
and leave the horse outside and come into that chapel and I'll be in there praying in that in that in that blessed sacrament chapel and with the faith that they would pray mm-hmm. and then the faith of of the lady that the little the grandmother from the nearest house to the church would come in and sweep the church every single day the church was all the doors were open so you'd have chickens coming in the middle mm-hmm. of mass pigs and dogs coming in during the middle of mass didn't matter all are welcome you know because you're out in the in the country careful careful you know all are welcome <laughs> you know so you're gonna have some chickens next Sunday I don't please <laughs> not, not in a little flow but I mean <laughs> but no but you, you would see you know peace would be celebrating mass and chicken would be yep. just walking on by and nobody cared you know and it, but it was just incredible joy mm-hmm. because when, like I said earlier, when you strip the material away and all you're left with is this, all you're left with is God. And the only thing that we could equate it to here in South Florida is like when a hurricane passes by and your light goes out, water goes out, cable, you know, in Southwest Florida, there's still experiencing this mm-hmm. in some places, you know. And I remember Hurricane Wilma when she went through. And I was in St. Brendan, and no lights, no nothing. But I remember, if everybody, if you recall, when Wilma came through, a cold front pushed it out to shore. And so usually when we, after a hurricane, we get really, really hot weather. And so we don't like being without power. But now it was 62 degrees or something like that. You open the windows, and everything was silent. Yeah. There's no cars on the road. You know, you could see the stars. There's no lights in the city we're mm-hmm. on. And it was just so peaceful. And that's the only thing we could equate it to here because everything's been stripped away and it puts you more in a frame of mind of prayer. And that's where when you've been when you've been humble, that's what Christ talks about in yesterday's gospel. Whoever exalts himself will be humbled, whoever humbles himself will be exalted. When we are humbled by a hurricane, we are humbled by going on mission experience, we are more attuned to the presence of God in our lives. And that's it was a such a providential gospel for World Mission Sunday. Because we, you've, you just recounted a story, mind you, this didn't actually happen. This is a story Jesus told, and, and you saw it play out in real time mm-hmm. in, uh, in, mission, in your mission work. Um, but as you were reading the gospel, something stood out, and I've heard this gospel repeatedly, but a, a line stood out. As the Pharisee is praying, it says, he prayed this to himself. To himself. And that, I mean, I, I kind of, I spent the rest of the Mass just like, Wow. He prayed this to himself. Well, that's why you weren't paying attention to me. Yeah. <laughs> okay. um, you know, but the Pharisee who's boasting of his goodness was praying to himself, and yet the tax collector bowed his head, couldn't even look up, you know, and, and has this profound prayer, one of my, my favorite prayers, you know, Lord, have mercy on me, a sinner. It's the, the cheat code for the act of contrition when you forget it. Yep. <laughs> Somebody asked you the act of course, you forget it. Jesus yeah. Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. There you go. That's the Jesus prayer. Um, but that line stood out to me, and I, 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 I'm sure I'd heard it before, but it, it really struck me yesterday that this rich man, this uh, Pharisee, excuse me, prayed this to himself and then just went on and on and on about how wonderful he is and how he's not like everybody else. I'm glad you caught yourself because it cannot be lost on us that these are two rich men that approached God, a Pharisee and a tax collector, and tax collectors were rich. So it wasn't a poor man. This is a poor man who is poor in spirit, Mm -hmm. who recognizes sinfulness. The tax collector stood off at a distance and would not even raise his eyes to heaven and beat his breast and prayed, oh God, have mercy on me, be merciful to me, a sinner. 
you know, the Pharisee took up his position, mm -hmm. you know, which was up front, you know, position of honor, you know, that, you know, Jesus constantly is berating the Pharisees saying, you want, you know, these titles and these, you know, these salutations and, you know, get yeah. out of here with that. But the Pharisee took his position on people were, you know, he's like, but you nailed it. Picking those two words, he prayed to him, you know, those few words out, prayed to himself, said this, spoke this prayer to himself. Oh God, I thank you that I am not like the rest of humanity, greedy, dishonest, adulterous, or even like this tax collector. Mm -hmm. You know, it was behind them. I fast twice a week and I pray, I pay tithes on all my whole income. He, he didn't, he said, he was thanking God. Okay, so, you know, let's, let, let's look at that. But what is he thanking him for? That he's not like the rest of humanity. That he's righteous. Mm -hmm. That he's good. That he doesn't sin. But here we are. Here is, you know, just pompous. And so what I warn people is like, and that's something we constantly have to be careful of in mission work, is to, you know, think that we were better than because we came from the United States. Mm -hmm. Because we were, quote unquote, civilized. I mean, now this is 30 years ago. I mean, when I went 30 years ago, they had been going already for 20 years. And when they had started in, in 1970, they had had to go on horseback to all these places. Yep. Now roads were paved. You know, there was some places had plumbing. Some places did not. I mean, we didn't have plumbing. We were there, you know. But it was, so I wouldn't know what it would be like right now. I'd probably have more electricity right. than we went. But we couldn't, you know, even attempt to say, oh, what you're doing is wrong. This is how you do it because this is how we do it back in the States. We have to be constantly mm -hmm. be cognizant of that because then we fall into the, the trap of the Pharisee. But the tax collector, like again, was also rich, had means, but was cognizant that he was a sinner because he was yep. stealing from people to po you know, line his pockets. And he stood off at a distance. And so that goes back to the first reading from the book of Sirach, the prayer of the lowly pierces the clouds. It doesn't have to be that you, you know, it doesn't have to be that we're poor, mm -hmm. like the people in, in, in our mission work. It's just recognizing that, you know, we don't measure up. We... First of all, you, you take Christ as the example. None of us measure up to Jesus Christ. Yep. None of us measure, measure up to Mary, St. Joseph. We don't. So when we recognize our lowliness and approach God from the point, from the horizon of, of humility, then that's when our prayer rises, pierces the clouds. I love this image from, from, this, from this wisdom literature. You know, it pierces the clouds. And what I love is it says... It pierces the clouds, and it does not rest till it reaches its goal, its goal, nor will it withdraw till the Most High responds. That's why when you when I would see these, these poor people pray, like how powerful must their prayer be? Yep. Because they're not thinking about, oh, I got to go home, and I got to do this, this, and this, and fix the yard, and fix this thing, and fix this, and, and update my computer, and update my iPhone, and update my, my Apple Watch, and update mm. all these things that constantly need updates, 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 updates. And no. They go. They wake up. They go. They go farming. They make. They come back for lunch and a siesta. They yep. go back farming, mm -hmm. and their day's done. It's very simple, and they pray. They're out there and they're praying. Yep. By the way, the reason when it's month of the rosary, why do we pray the rosary? How is the rosary, you know, come about? You know, the people were out on the. They would hear the, the bells from the monasteries, you know, the, calling the monks to pray the office, the liturgy, of the hours. And they were like, we want, it's 150 psalms. We want to pray that. So we came out with 150 Hail Marys, the three yeah. mysteries, the three original mysteries of the Holy Rosary. And so they'll be praying that out in the field. 
So rosary is a prayer of the lowly. That's why it's so important. So how's that to put a nice cap on this on this one? Huh? Love it. So World Mission Sunday, what Jorge says is true. If you haven't been on mission work, and, and we got to do a better job as a parish promoting mission work, uh, it's so, I mean, especially for young people. Well, it's picking back up, finally. So it is opportunities I mean, are coming. No, but I'm, I'm saying it's, it's especially for young people, because it changes your worldview oh, completely. Absolutely. Especially if you go to a foreign country. Because you realize, oh no, there's poor people in downtown. No, that's not poverty. You know, they, they can they can go around and and find and find food and mm. like I always say in the month of November when we do all these turkey drives. I mean, if you if you pay for a turkey in November, you're a sucker. <laughs> I'm, I'm not saying that to go out and milk up turkey from a for, that's made for, you know that's that's you know earmarked for the poor. But I'm just saying that there's so many turkeys that are given away that you know that that because I mean, you know people are cognizant about the poor. During Thanksgiving and Christmas, mm-hmm. but what about the rest of the year? Thankfully, here we have a meeting later on this morning. But with our, we have the homeless ministry that once a month does this for the poor. But we need to be more cognizant of the poor because Jesus says it in the Beatitudes: "Blessed are the poor, for theirs is the kingdom of, of God." And we need to, you know, we need to always be poor in spirit, like the tax collector, rich man, mm-hmm. man of means, cognizant of his sin. Just stood in the back, beat his breast. Lord, have mercy on me, a sinner. My friends, how are you a missionary? That's a question I pose to you this morning. How are you being, all of us are called to be missionaries. How are we spreading the gospel? How are we spreading it to the poor? Are we cognizant of the poor around us? And when we approach our prayer life, are we like this Pharisee? Approaching, God, I do all these things for the church. You have to listen to my prayer. Train yourself. Or are you like this ta- poor tax collector? Poor in, because of his sin. That just stood in the back and with great humility beat his breast and said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. That's the, how we should approach prayer. With great humility like the poor does, do because they have nothing else. Strip everything away when you come to prayer and watch how your prayer life takes off. running back. Wow. That's your fiance's boy. Exactly. It's you a no-brainer. He's a Hall of Famer. <laughs> that guy just... No, but... Just... No. Get out of here. What was that last night? So after this whole discussion on pride and humility... <laughs> where do you want to... Where, where, where are you taking me, George? I know. You know where I'm taking you. Oh, man. <laughs> You talking about last night's game? I'm talking, yeah. Well, well, which game last night? There were a few games last well, night. Well, obviously, we're talking about the Dolphin game last night. But uh, we start off like gangbusters, and look, oh, two is back. We're gonna blow Pittsburgh out of the building, and then Minka Fitzpatrick. You know, the la- the the first drive we scored a touchdown. Then we scored two field goals in the next two drives, and Minka Fitzpatrick was instrumental on on, on making those drives field goal drives and not touchdown drives. Uh, breaking up a pass at the goal line, mm-hmm. breaking up another pass at, on the sec- on the third drive, and then the Dolphins went, huh, and and kept 
and and Chris Collins kept saying on the broadcast, you know, Pittsburgh's the type of team going back to the day, tough to kill, yep. tough to put away. You, you don't get blown out. They don't. And everything goes back to play calling was great early on. But I've seen this the last couple of weeks that the play calling in the second and third quarter in the middle of the game kind of meanders. It's not I know it's not the scripted calls that that Coach McDaniel comes up with and and, and they're ready to execute. But, you know, you know, the, it's just there. And then obviously everyone's everyone's talking this Monday morning about his decision in the third quarter to go for it on fourth and three from the twenty I think they were on the twenty and not kick a field goal to go yep. up two scores to go up nine, nine points. Yep. Uh, he, he said he had faith in the team. He took responsibility for it. It is a rookie coach mistake that thankfully didn't cost us a ball game, but kept us very nervous in that fourth oh, quarter. Oh yeah. Um, Tua looked great. Tua looked great in the. Let me let me paraphrase that. Tua looked great in the first quarter. Pittsburgh dropped four interceptions, would be interceptions, and that and Tua is so lucky because I've seen him that happened to him so many times, and he, there's Russ last. Coach said it. Last time he saw real games, he was a Buffalo game. I mean, really, it was Cincinnati, but right. really, he never got settled into the Cincinnati game. Mm-hmm. So really, the Buffalo game, when he was out there and he was slinging it all over the place. So there were some good things that we did in the second half. Chase Edmonds, and I'm saying this for Carly, CG, and Joe, who I watched the game with yesterday and was, just had a great time with them. Uh, Chase Edmonds, get him out. You know, in the bumper, he's get him out of here. Get him out of here. You know, it's just... <laughs> He we got him because he's a pass catching back out of the backfield. Raheem Mostert made a catch out of the backfield on a crossing route. Yeah, that, that even was, Collinsworth that was, was impressive. That Collins was like, "Whoa, you know, that's stuff I used to do and get belted for it." Uh, but I ha- I have to say, and I was thinking about this last night. I felt better after last week's loss than I did after this week's huh, win. Interesting. Because there's a lot of things we need to work on. Not saying that things that defense has shown up the last two weeks after being almost non-existent first weeks of the season. Uh, and they played great yesterday. Those interceptions, big time. Noah. Here it comes. Here, here it comes. We call him Igby. <laughs> Cristobal's call him Igby. I call him Igby. Igbenonomy. I think I think I got it right. I said it really fast. I'm not even going to try it. I... Okay. <laughs> Scott Van Pelt, poor guy, was doing the, the he was He was handed the, the, the call sheet on the fly when he had to do the highlights last night. And even he, I, I got this wrong, I'll get it right for the, and he has to do he has to do a separate highlight for NFL primetime later on. But he got it really bad. And he knew it. It goes, that's a good catch by number nine there. <laughs> it was a great catch. Oh my God. What a catch. So I, you know, I actually fell asleep. It was a long weekend. I actually yeah. fell asleep. I woke up, the TV was still on. So I'm thinking like, oh, it's like two in the morning. So I turn off the TV. Two in the morning. It and, felt like it. And, I couldn't go back to sleep, so I'm like, oh, let me see if we won. So I pulled out my phone, I checked the score, and I see, like, there's still two minutes left. So I'm like, oh, man, it's not two in the morning. Okay. Quickly, and, it's, and it's still a game. Quickly turned the TV back. So I got to see the end of it. But And it was <laughs> heck of a catch. Is, wow. It was a great catch, what a but dr- the thing is that whole fourth quarter, I mean, that was, nobody scored in the second half. It was punts, 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 yep. or turnovers. And but that drive had us nervous. But it shouldn't have been. If if Coach would have gone yep. for the field goal, and I love Ashley, it's her birthday today. Ashley, happy birthday. We would have had her in studio because she was at the game last night. Lord knows what time she got home because I heard the traffic getting out of the stadium oh. last night was horrendous. Last night? Uh, uh, tra- traffic getting out of that stadium. Period. Yeah, but, period. Uh, but, but last night it was a lot of Pittsburgh fans. There. Oh, my goodness. But there were things. So I said I felt better after last week's loss than I 
do after yesterday's win. But at the end of the year, it's a win. It, it's a conference win against a team you're probably going to try to beat out mm-hmm. for a wild card or forget the division. Buffalo is heads and tails above everybody. I mean, that's that's a giant. And they had a bye week, and they still beat you know beat the bye week by sixty points. I mean, come on, that that team is just a juggernaut. But I yeah, there were things that it made me feel uneasy yesterday watching. You know, thankfully the defense came through yeah. the turnovers and, but yeah, just to go quickly around the NFL, can we talk about Brady and Rodgers? Yeesh. Which one's worse? Uh, I think Brady's situation is worse because Green Bay. Uh, the thing with Green Bay is that Rodgers misses Devontae Adams. Yeah. He's throwing passes that the guys aren't on the same page or aren't catching it. Brady, they haven't. They've scored one. I, I saw a stat during that game that they hadn't scored, and I don't know how many drives. I think twenty-two drives, one touchdown, and I don't know how many drives now it is because they were held to three points yesterday by Carolina. Mm-hmm. Fired their head coach two weeks ago. Traded the best player they've had in the last ten years. Sorry, Cam Newton, overrated. Uh, Christian McCaffrey traded uh, Anderson, uh, their wide receiver, and still, I mean, if you talk about if you are in a survivor pool and you think, okay, that's the lock of the week, Tampa beating mm-hmm. Carolina, which is de- depleted. Well, pick PJ Moore. We pick them. We went, we Every, went 11 for chalk. 11. With- <laughs> everything was chalk. Everything was chalk in, the, in our pick them. Yep. And Father Andrew continues to master everybody. But that well, was... We went, we went three-way tie with 11 points this week. Yeah, it's fine. But Carolina. And then the commanders Yikes. beating Green Bay. Yep. Uh, even though half the stadium in Washington was Green Bay fans, mm-hmm. uh, Kansas City beating the snot out of San Francisco in San Francisco. God. I broke my own rule and I changed my pick. Why? After the trade. Uh huh. After the trade, I thought they'd play a little more inspired at home. I and- shall not pick against Mahomes. No, but I mean, you think okay, San Francisco, good team. They lost to Atlanta the week before. Mm-hmm. Now. I picked against them mainly because I want them to keep losing because yeah. the Dolphins have their draft pick. Yeah. Right now, they are 12th. I, actually, I saw they were 12th after, before the Dolphins game. I don't know after the Dolphins game. I, I do my picks on Tuesday. I do my picks on Tuesday, and, I, and, I, and then I don't even want to look at it anymore. Okay. And I, and I broke. Yeah, usually your first things are good. <laughs> and I, and it was, you're, you're, you're creeping. You creeped over 500 there. I did. There I, caught, I caught uh, Anthony last week. I caught nice. uh, CJ this week. Well, CJ, what happened there? Oh, CJ forgot. He, he, forgot he, his he, was, picks. he was traveling this weekend. And, and Terrible forgot. week to forget because Every, everybody was chalk and pretty much, except for Tampa and and, uh, and Green Bay, pretty much everything was chalk. So, uh, but yeah, going around the league, uh, it, it's, you know, I, I, I'm fascinated by this whole Brady-Rogers dynamic. And Brady, you, you could tell he's coming to Rogers the missed some wide open guys. I mean, they're not on the same page. Nope. They're, they're, they'll, I, I think they'll figure it out. They're staring up at Minnesota, but they have Detroit and Chicago in that division. So that division, yep. they could catch Minnesota. I remember I wasn't impressed by Minnesota last week. I really wasn't. They have good receivers. You know, Kirk Cousins, eh, it's Kirk Cousins. So uh, do we dare talk about our college football team? What? No. Well, you didn't watch it? I didn't watch it. No, it was, it's I'm two for two. No, on, I, 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 no I did watch some of it. I'm two for two, two on missing... The right games to we, miss, because man, I I I don't, I, don't, I don't even I haven't dared do, to look back on. How do you regress? Is there even a highlight last reel? year? No, no, there is. I mean, there, there there were some big plays. I mean, especially to start the second half. I went I watched the beginning of the second half and went into a wedding. We were up, 
when I got out of the wedding, we were down 4121. Yeah. And I'm like, what? I'm like, what's going on? How do you regress? I mean, I know some of those players were not great players, but we're, we're, we've taken a step back from last yep. year. And last year was, we made it to a bowl last year. That's iffy this year. With Very what, iffy. What we have we, left. We, we, what do we have? Three wins? We have three wins. We're th- three wins. We, got, we have to win three of the last five. So where are you going to get Clemson, your wins? Clemson's among that. Florida Clemson, among Florida that. State. Virginia's next week. Pittsburgh. Yeesh. Always a tough. Is, well, I, I mean, everything's tough here. for Miami now. I think we have Virginia, Pittsburgh, Clemson, um, Florida State, you said. You throw the records out when you play Florida State. But uh, but no, Just. Florida State's looked better than we have this year. Yep. Okay. You gotta give Mario, we got to give Mario time. Moving on. Give Mario time. <laughs> uh, okay. Baseball. Here it comes. Here it comes. Here it comes. Can I? Humility check. Go, we, humility check. Yeah, I know. But before we get to <laughs> But the, you got to have your fun. I got to have my fun. Before we, we got to pour one out for the Yankees, who eh. you had a better batting average than most than some of the Yankee players, and it was just bad. I mean, I was excited after the podcast last Tuesday. We beat Cleveland, even though it was rain delayed, and we batted in that fat fifth game. I go, okay, we got some momentum going to Houston, and the games in Houston were tight. They were well pitched, and we had we we took the lead in game one and didn't even last an inning. No, by the it was the top of the frame we got. We got the, the lead, and the bottom of the frame, they took the lead right back. Uh, was it your one hit through eight and two-thirds yesterday? Oh, stop. No, it wasn't It wasn't like that, but I mean, I mean, maybe. I don't know. I, I think, didn't watch I it. It was, so. during, think, it was during the Dolphin game. I think that's what I read. It was, no, it couldn't have been one hit because we, we scored a ton. Of, it was probably the game, the game on no, Saturday. Last La, no, last night. No, last night they scored a bunch of runs in the first inning. It was on Saturday. It was on Saturday. No, no, it was it was one hit through eight two thirds because Javier hit no hit us was part of that combined no hitter against us in in, in see, the let's summer. See, let's see, let's see. But no, the Yankees. I, I don't know what they're gonna do. I don't want the manager around. I don't want the general manager around. I don't want computers telling us what the line. I mean, Boone lately every day, all four games had a different lineup up there. The only uh, the only constant was Judge hitting second. Everybody else had hit in different positions. Oh. Everybody else. It was a different lineup. Every game. It was just, let's see what, throw darts against the board, see, what, see sticks. what sticks. I mean, but that's basically computers. Oh, the computer says this. And and they were talking about it yesterday with McDaniel. By the way, there was a, depending on who you asked, either between a 0.5 or a 1.3. 1. 1. Yeah, well, that's what I heard. Different, I was like, going really? to the field goal. I mean, so really? you think he processed that, or somebody was saying into his ear, in the 15 seconds he had to call that play, but made the decision. No, man, he he went for it because he's been doing that all year, but now he realizes, okay, there's guts, and then there's stupidity, and that mm-hmm. was stupid. But the same thing with how you put out lineups. When you manage a baseball game, we saw with McKeon in the, in the Marlins run in 03, ni- uh, 19 years ago, it was all guts. You know, I'm putting this guy in, and we're like, what is he doing? Yep. It worked. Every button he pushed worked. Yep. Now, it wasn't a computer guy. wasn't, you know, yeah, you the lefty versus lefty matchup. That's common sense, but analytics. So... Now, Houston advance, whatever. Done with Houston. Get them out of here. I don't want to see them. And right now, Hook's coming out of the National League. Philly. Philly. Can we go back to April 11th of this year when we did our MLB preview? Who did you choose and who did I choose? Let's go. Let's roll, t- let's roll tape. And I'm going to throw Sister Rosalie a bone here. And I'm the going Dodgers? Dodgers. No. 
I'm going Dodgers. No. Put some put it put like oh we can't say that. I no. Uh, we can't put money on it. <laughs> no. <laughs> I like the I like the Phillies. The, the, no, I I can't trust them. I can't trust them. You're your Gonzaga. What are you gonna do? Uh, was, I, was I wrong? No, you were not I'm wrong. wrong. <laughs> you were not wrong. Gonzaga did not pull through there. So that that's our I think the, the West. The West is just such a a, a competitive division. It's kind of like the AL East. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you 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 gotta, and playing the best makes you better. Yeah. So so I think you know. I, I, I we can overreact after yeah. one weekend, but but that but, division you know, over Kershaw's, the course of a yeah. season, Kershaw's not what he used to be. Kenley Jansen's no longer there. Um, they still have good bats. They have great bats, but I either got San Diego or Philly coming out of the National League and and, and winning the pennant. And I'm sorry, who played in the NLCS uh, this weekend, George? I'm sorry. Philly and San Diego. Oh, that's right. And who do I have coming out of the National League? Philly or San Diego? No, I no, I said one team only. At the you, beginning, at of the clip. beginning, yeah, you had Philly. Mm-hmm. Just saying, you had the. Listen to your I credit. Had the best team in baseball. Best team. Oh, you know, Hundred eleven wins and got to waste. Kicked out in the division <laughs> round by San Diego. That's baseball. I mean that. I mean, talk about it. And they were hot going into that, but Philly's hotter. They're the Atlanta this year. Of, of last year, you know, that caught fire at the right time. And that's what, what, what October's all about. Yep. Houston. I got to say, though, I got to say, though, mm-hmm. Philly wouldn't be in the oh, postseason. Yes, you're right. If we hadn't taken three out of four from Milwaukee. And they, so. and they thank, you know, I, I, like I said, the first base coach married to a former student of mine. And so, he, Philly, he, you're he welcome. So, we, we deserve a piece of that ring. We do. We, who do you like in the series? I can't, I, Philly's playing. I think so they're, too. They're, you can't measure the inspiration factor, right? And that's you ma- kind of like the Marlins in 03. Yeah. Mar- change of manager halfway through. Yep. Because uh, I mean, Houston is is you, killing it, but Philly's no, no, playing. But Philly's playing not, inspired. Houston's not killing it. And I'll tell you what. Now, listen. I would love Dusty Baker to finally get a World Series yeah. ring. I mean, the man, uh, Bruce Bochy. I, I was reading a stat this morning. Went I forget how many games, and at the re- at the time broke the record for. a Guy that had been a manager X number of games without winning a title. I mean, Dusty Baker is about a thousand games mm. ahead of Bruce Bochy if he wins the World Series. Houston struggled. They I mean yes, they're seven and zero. They 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 it was hard fought all three games against Seattle. The two games in Houston, Yankees were in it. You know, the second game, Severino pitched well, had made one mistake with two men on to Bregman, and he slaughtered that into the left yeah. field seats. Uh, the Crawford seats and uh, and then Cole pitched on game three and bat, but the bats weren't there. And yes, you have to credit Houston pitching, but here's the thing: the bats for Houston were not that alive against the Yankee pitching. Yeah, you, know, you had a home run here, a, home, a timely home run there, a timely hit here and there, but it wasn't what Philly did to San Diego. Mm-hmm. Okay, so. The momentum, but Philly. I, that's I got a Philly, dangerous, I got dangerous team. I got Phillies in six. Six, okay. Yeah, I got Phillies in six. I'd be happy for. I mean, you know, I wouldn't be happy for Houston because it's cheaters. But uh, I'm not over that. Sister, sister's not over that. Let's, Sister Rosalie, let's bang the garbage cans. Yeah, I know. It's like so, uh, but it's gonna be a fun World Series. It's gonna be a very, very fun World Series. And and uh, props to to the to the Phillies organization. JT Romuto. Yep. You know, former Marlin, Brad Hand. There's four former Marlins, two for Houston, two for the Phillies playing, and I forget the two for Houston playing for the 
that play for the Marlins are playing the World Series. Very quickly, uh, you were all over the place last week, and yesterday you finished where off where? Where in the world is? Jorge Santibanez. <laughs> where were you last uh, yesterday before the um, Dolphin game? I was at the Panthers game. Yes, you were. I was at the Panthers game. When was we, the last time you went to a game? Oh, man, I don't even remember. It's, up there? It's been a while. I'd yeah. been to a game up there, okay. but it'd been a long time. But Angie's first game, hockey, period, oh, ever. Did you like it? Yeah. But we walked in, and 39 seconds in, we scored a goal. So I'm like, all right, hey. we're, we got to come back. Absolutely. <laughs> we we have to. We got to get we gotta with the boys. That was, it was fun. And see when we go up it there. Was, and you know what she loves most is it's a quick game. Hockey is not. It's not a. Soccer's three, a quick. It's game. not a three and a half hour. Like, oh, be, oh, because the thing is, she's used to the hurricane games where you you tailgate yeah. for two, three yeah. hours. You go in for four hours, and then it takes two hours to get out of the parking lot. Exactly. Line, you know, so it's a whole day affair. You guys were back before. You said you'd be back before kickoff. Yeah, back. It was a five o'clock. You know, five o'clock puck drop. So we were nice. home. We were home at eight thirty. So mm-hmm. it, was, it was sweet. Pour one out for Inter Miami. Uh, yeah. That they played last Monday night after we they ran into podcast. The- and and my seat who I believe off. won beat Montreal Three yesterday. To one. Yeah, so or on Saturday and uh, yeah, I mean it was, it was that was so pathetic because usually they play their home games NYCFC uh, in um, in Yankee Stadium and mm. of course the Yankees were playing that night or tried to play that night and could it was rained out but they played in City Field that looked terrible it was awful it looked terrible that whole it was so depressing back corner was Iguain had a empty. goal that would have put us up one nothing yeah. that was just a Midget outside. Uh, toe. By and, a toe. And God bless him in his great career. And we're less than a month away from the World Cup. Hey, now. Wow. The World Cup women's draw was done over the weekend. Yep. And we're in, I think we're in with uh, the Netherlands and uh, Vietnam. And, the, and the, another team has to make a playoff to, to get in that group. But How strange is it going to be? World Cup during Thanksgiving. And yeah, it's <laughs> going to be because that's something that takes our mind to, off during the dog days of summer. Yeah, I'm used to watching the games during BBS Fox, on, on the big screen Fox with the is, kids. Yeah, and, Fox is doing a great job promoting yeah. that as a holiday event. Yep. Uh, you know, the San, John Hamm playing, John Hamm playing Santa Claus. I mean, that's, you know, Don Draper playing Santa Claus. That's a bit of a stretch, but okay. But, uh, but no, they're doing a good job marketing it. We'll be watching it and it's going to be great. And Gio Reyna, you know, had, had some, had a goal for, for Dortmund on, on, on Saturday, and if he can get going, I mean, then U.S. will look different. I think they start camp pretty soon. Nice to get ready for for Cutter and is it Qatar Cutter? We, Cutter. we got we got we it's got Cutter. A, it's Cutter. I mean, we got we got to fix that. Just like Igby, we got to get his name right. It's Cutter. My for, my brother was stationed there and and clarified that it's, it's Cutter. Cutter, like you know, Coast Guard Cutter. Yep. There you go. So a lot of stuff in sports, World Series. See, I always value the World Series because. It was so big, you know. Baseball was the national pastime when I was growing up. And the NFL was starting to get traction, NBA also, but everything stopped for the World Series. Yep. Everything stopped, and my dad and I would watch every pitch of every game together. We were sitting together when Kirk Gibson hit that magical home run in Game One of '88, and there's nothing like it. There's nothing like the World Series, and and it's a shame that. And think, in fact, back in the day, the NFL would not play Sunday night football because in the, back in the day we well, would start, it would start on a Saturday and a Sunday. And on game two was on a Sunday. The NFL wouldn't schedule the Sunday night game because well, the World Series, the respect that they had, reverence they had for the World Series. Now they're like, oh, I don't care. My goodness, on game one of the of the, of the ALCS, the, the hockey season opened. Or I mean, uh, the basketball season opened. So LeBron hasn't won a game. Poor thing. Oh. Yeah, it's a shame. The Heat, oh, I almost forgot the Heat. They started the... the 
I had it written. I, I had a rundown. We don't we, plan the first segment. We, we, we had to go around the room. <laughs> no, but the Heat, a uh, little worried about them. They they started off 0-2, lost to the Bulls on open net when they, they started off with a good lead. You know, Celtics was, I didn't see that game. I was at, at a family event and uh, didn't see that game, but didn't, you know, they finally won on, on Saturday, but they blew a big lead. Sort of thing in the third quarter, twenty-four point lead gone. Ouch. You know, I've, down. I've seen a whole zero seconds of oh, basketball. Of, yeah, I saw. I saw the end of the of, of Saturday's enough, game. There's not enough time. And they in play a day. tonight. No, Ashley was all. She was there on opening night. Yeah. Was there on Saturday. I'm sure she'll be there tonight for her birthday. I don't know. Maybe she won. I don't. I don't know. I haven't talked to her today. But but no, I'm worried about them because you look at Philly. You look. I mean, the the Sixers. You look at Boston. You look at Milwaukee. Uh, and Brooklyn, I, I I haven't checked in on Brooklyn, but yeah, the Heat worried me. But there's not much depth in the bench, not much size, and George is just nodding and like cluelessly. Sure. So we'll just move you on. Can, you can just keep going. I'm. <laughs> <laughs> you want to go back to the Canes? No. Nope. Okay. We'll, we'll move on. We'll, we'll let's wrap this baby up. Uh, the poor. Look at the Phillies. Worst last team in in the World Series. Lowly. You know they must be praying. Really hard in Philadelphia. Eagles are undefeated. Phillies are in the World Series. National League champs. So I'm looking forward to the World Series. So, my friends, when it comes to your prayer life, approach the Lord humbly. And also ask yourself yourself the question, am I being a missionary? Am I being a missionary disciple? As we wrap up World Mission Sunday and this month of the missions, am I going out and spreading the good news by word and deed? Very important, that deed part. Because if we're not, that we're not living out our baptism vocation to spread the gospel to all nations. May Almighty God bless you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.